We are just coming off the best fight card of 2023 as we just saw Rise World Series final round just this past weekend. We're going to be reviewing most of the fights on this show. Plus, we're going to be talking a little bit of Glory 90 and Ryzen 45 coming up in the next week. Folks, thank you for joining me. Welcome to Kick Weekly with Tim Wheaton. This is the Kickboxing Podcast. Still not doing too great health-wise, so it's just going to be another audio only. I'm going to try to put up for the YouTube listeners as many fight clips as I possibly can. I clipped quite a few of the fights earlier today. For the audio listeners, what's up? I love you all. Thanks so much for listening, whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Everybody is welcome here. So here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do. This is the last show of 2023. We're going to talk Ryzen. We're going to talk Rise. We're going to talk Glory. And this is going to be it for 2023. I'm going to come back next year, 2024. The January 3rd will be the first show back. I'll be healthier then, I imagine. And I will do the year-end awards then. We'll be doing Male Fighter of the Year, Female Fighter of the Year, Fight of the Year, Knockout of the Year, and that'll be coming up on the 3rd. But on this show, I want to talk about the Rise Final Round 2023, because what a fight card it was. It was one of the best fight cards we've had in kickboxing history, and easily the best fight card of 2023. I'll start on the main event and work my way down. I'm not going to talk about every single fight on the card, but I will start at the main event. Toki Tamara was able to defeat Kumandoi Pet Yindi Academy. This was the tournament final after setting this up through the entire year. Kumandoi is a former Muay Thai stadium champion who was having an amazing 2023 between both kickboxing and Muay Thai. Toki Tomorrow was like a good name on other people's record until 2023. Something changed with him. He got faster, he got smarter, he got slicker. He became an amazing fighter in 2023. And in this bout, we saw it. He was able to win this fight with fast in and out footwork. He was entering and exiting on different lines. He was circling and pivoting off of strikes on defense to set up offense. He was countering Kumandoi for missing kicks, and he was also catching many of the kicks to counter with his own strikes. He was looking really good. He was outlanding Kumandoi. It was a really great fight. Kumandoi's kicks, of course, were still very dangerous, especially to the inside thigh, but Toki was able to land and mostly not get hit. He landed a pretty good knockdown in round two, stepped in off of a outside kick and landed a one-two, was able to get a knockdown. Uh, Kumandoi came out aggressive in round three. I think he knew that he needed a knockout to win, and it just became an extremely, extremely exciting fight. This is a pretty great year for Toki Tomorrow. So he started the year by defeating Kunsuk Noi by a majority decision. He then qualified for the tournament by defeating Kasane. He then knocked out Pet Silla. He then earned a very close decision over Kazuki Osaki, which has aged very well. Kazuki Osaki is a very good fighter. And then he finished the year by capturing the tournament title against Kumandoi. In addition, he has the tournament title in addition to his Rise Flyweight Championship title. I believe he also has a K1 amateur title. But the thing is that he was like losing to people like Jin Mandakoro, losing to Kazuki Osaki, losing to Masahiko Suzuki before this time, so he was just a pretty good middle-of-the-road fighter. But the thing is, something changed in 2023, and now he just looks like a world beater. He looks fast, he looks slick, he looks smart in there. I'm really impressed with the improvements from, from Toki Tomorrow. And only at 21 years old. He had a very busy 2023. Hopefully he takes a little bit of time off to rest up, heal his body, but he's going to come back stronger. And for the next four or five years, he's going to be a really dangerous striker, a, a notable pound-for-pound -pound striker in kickboxing. So congratulations, Toki Tomorrow. It was an amazing fight on top of an amazing year that he had. 
the co-main event. Chad Collins defeated Pechpan Morong. This is upset of the year right here. What an amazing fight this was. Pechpan Morong was the glory and rise to organization champion. This is, this is like, he's got titles all over the world and he's defended all of these titles. And Petch usually looks untouchable in almost all of his fights. He's just dancing around his opponents. This was a banger of a fight. Petch lost this one via unanimous decision. And so what did Chad do in this fight to really shut him down? Well, usually Petch uses an open side kick, then clinches when fighters get in close. Chad Collins did a couple of things that pushed Petch and they were him being based in Muay Thai skills. So this means working against him in the clinch rather than waiting for the ref to break up. A ton of Collins' best work came from exiting and working within the clinch, often shoving off of his opponent and then landing strikes, whether it be punches or kicks. He also often kicked against the outside kick, so that means he's kicking the standing leg every time that Petch was kicking. Also, every punch that Petch threw, Collins was trying to tie up and land knees in the clinch. And I think the most important factor was the constant pressure coming from Chad Collins. There wasn't a moment in this fight where Chad Collins was not pushing forward against Petch. Petch was constantly in the corner, constantly up against the ropes, and he was still doing well. Petch certainly won a ton of these rounds here, but overall, Chad Collins came away being the better fighter. He made it a very hard fight and took Petch out of his system and was able to land a ton of strikes because of it. But what you needed to do to beat Petch was work within his game. You needed to counter the kick and you needed to work against him in the clinch. And Chad Collins had all those skills coming from a Muay Thai background. He definitely studied and prepared for Petch's game and worked on counters to nearly everything Petch habitually does. Ultimately, it became a wild fight of the two trading punches, knees, they were clinching, pretty much throwing everything you can at one another. Petch was smiling through the fight. He knew this was a different type of fight than what he usually is in. He was getting hit quite a bit with significant strikes, and he was landing back quite a bit. It was a razor-close decision, and Chad Collins was able to get his hand raised and is the new Rise champion. The house of Petch has fallen. Looking forward to seeing more from both men. Love watching Petch fight. He's such a system-style fighter. Chad Collins is such an aggressive and exciting fighter, so I'm happy to see this happen. Chad Collins also had a very very impressive 2023. He was able to defeat Cho Kyung Jae earlier this year via high kick in Rise. He then defeated Jordan Gottrefstin in Rebel Muay Thai to pick up a title via knockout. Last year, he was able to capture a WMC lightweight champion in Muay Thai, and now he adds a Rise super lightweight title to his name in 2023. What a, a great career this man has had for the last little while. A really impressive string of wins. Moving down the card, you had Kento Haraguchi defeat Abraham Vidalis via knockout in the second round. Abraham Vidalis was just a glory title contender just in his last bout, I believe. Kento, Kento Haraguchi is a karate-based fighter and a former Rise champion. Vidalis did well in round one, even scoring a knockout with much better punches. Ultimately, Haraguchi pushed back in round two. Both were landing well throughout the entire fight, but Haraguchi dropped him with a punch and that was it. It was a chaotic fight throughout. And honestly, in a rematch, I, I don't know if Haraguchi gets the win, but regardless, he got the knockout here and looked pretty good doing it. The thing is with Kento Haraguchi is he's got such an incredible amount of kicks. He's such a talented kicker, and then he refuses to use them. He just gets in firefights with people. But, you know, it worked out here. Uh, he got hit a lot, but he ultimately got the knockout, so he's never going to learn a lesson. <laughs> Taiju Shiratori was able to defeat Zakaria Zuguri with a knockout via knee. It was a really fun back and forth fight. Zuguri was pressuring a ton and Taiju was matching the energy. 
Ultimately, it was a brutal knockout finish. Shiratori caught him coming in and put Zuguri clean out. It was an impressive knockout win with a knee. Zachary was coming in to throw a flurry. As soon as his guard opened up, Shiratori landed a knee, and that was it. Kaito Ono manages to make it a few more wins in a row. Kaito looked flawless in this fight. Kaito Ono was able to defeat James Condi via knockout in round one. Ono looked flawless in this fight. He landed flurries and punches and body kicks, scored a knockout in round one, and ultimately just looked perfect here. He landed a ton of different stuff. It was just like him throwing drills on the heavy bag. He looked really good, and congratulations getting another win. Don Nakamura was able to defeat Ahmed Akudad via knockout in round two. This was kind of a life-changing knockout. I don't know if Ahmed is going to be the same fighter after this knockout loss. Ahmed had the height and reach advantage. He had some moments in round one, but Khan Nakamura is such a banger. He is such a gamer. Scored a knockdown with a straight right, and after that, Ahmed really didn't look like he was back in the fight. He was back on his feet, but it, he didn't look like he was recovered. He looked a little shaky. Khan Nakamura pushed in, landed a bunch in the clinch, tried to land knees and stuff like that in the clinch. He pushed, what he did, Khan Nakamura pushed Ahmed's head straight in the air with his fist through the clinch and then landed a powerful overhand. He was completely out. It was a brutal, brutal knockout. We also had Kenta Nanbara defeat Victor DeConning. This was a grinding, tough fight. Kenta is a karate-based fighter and the current heavyweight champion in Rise, or light heavyweight, or cruiserweight, I forget exactly, but he's a champion in Rise. These two fought to a draw and it needed to go to an extension round. Victor got a knockdown in round one off of a jab. It was a fun back and forth fight, ton of power on display, exchanging punches and kicks. Each man was throwing heavy. Kentanon Barra was able to win in the extension round via TKO. Victor simply looked exhausted. He looked like he was ready to fall to the mat. Kenta mixed a ton of low kicks and head kicks into punching flurries and was able to win via TKO. Friend Tessa Decom lost against Sena. Tessa is the champion in the lower division. Sena is the champion in the higher division. It was a champ versus champ matchup, but there was no title on the line. Tessa did well given the size disadvantage, and you know what? She'll be back stronger. I'm confident in that. Fun fight either way. Shiro was able to get a first round knockout against Boonlong Petindi Academy. Boonlong started with a good outside body kick to exploit the open stance. Shiro pushed close to close the distance and managed to corner his opponent. He was able to land a flurry and knock out his opponent after a knockdown. Caught him coming in for the knockdown and that was it. Kazuki Osaki defeated Chirunsuk Bunlana. This was one of the best fights on the card. It ended up being quite a war, which I think it was supposed to be a bit of a display fight for Kazuki Osaki and it ended up going to a draw extension round. It was a Southpaw versus Orthodox matchup, both Muay Thai versus Muay Thai background. Early, Osaki's flurries looked incredible, crisp, mixing to the body and to the head. Trunsuk looked to counter this with pressure and inside knees, trying always to initiate. He was always trying to go first. It ended up being a tight inside brawl between these two, exchanging crisp strikes and combinations. It became a very fun fight and close fight. It was scored a draw and we needed to go to a draw extension round. In that round, we saw more crisp and tight back-and-forth punches. Osaki seemed to find some success by ending his combinations. He was able to get a little bit more out of his punches when he started sitting down on his power. So his punches became even more visible to the judges just by throwing that much more. It was a really great fight. Osaki got the nod via split decision. Honestly, if the decision went the other way to Trunsuk, I wouldn't be 
the type of person to complain about it. This was a really good fight. Hayumi Hitachi defeated Katsuji Takahashi via knockout in the second round. Really liked his body work, his body hook into an overhand. This became a firefight brawl in the corner, but the body work from Hayumi Hitachi kept paying off. Ultimately, Hayuma won via knockout by just throwing bombs, throwing first, controlling the fight. But yeah, body work, mixing high and low, looked really good. There were so many great fights on the Rise World Series 2023 final round. I would recommend if you um, do spend the time to check out these fights as soon as they are live on YouTube. Toki Tamura versus Kumandoi, Chad Collins versus Petch. Those are just incredible, incredible fights that you absolutely need to check out. Uh, while you're there, also check out the Shiro versus Boonlong and Kazuki Osaki versus Charunsuk fight as well. I think in the next week they should go live on YouTube, so make sure to check them out. I know there were so many other great fights on the card as well that I just glossed over, like the Petru fight, the Kyoki Miyazaki fight, the Koji Ikeda fight. Uh, there were so many good fights. I didn't even talk about half of them on this card because there was so much action on it, but those are the large overall notes that you folks need to know about. Upcoming in just a few days will be Glory 90. In the main event, you have Endy Semelier will look to defend his welterweight crown against Anwar Uled Shaib. You also have a 2024 heavyweight Grand Prix qualifier bout between Nabil Kachab versus Nikola Filipovic. Some other good stuff on the card, like Enrico Kell is fighting. You have Berjan Paposhi versus Miguel Trinidade, Mohamed Tishasi versus Bryce Combo. You have Nina Vandaloom versus Deborah Evora. I do like those fights quite a bit. Uh, Miguel Trinidade and Deborah Evora are a married couple and they signed with Glory together. Overall, a pretty good card. Um, I think it's targeted a little bit more towards the Dutch audience. Uh, I like Andy quite a bit. I, I like, I've interviewed him a couple of times and I always like speaking to him. It's very quiet person. I like his Muay Thai style. Uh, he's a very impressive, highly skilled fighter. He really doesn't use that Dutch style very well, but overall just kind of an incredible career. He's got wins over people like Superbon. Uh, he just defeated Jay Overmeer, Mertel Gronhart, Alim Nabiov. His career is put into a bit of a different perspective. If you look at Different judges on a different night, they might look at those Jay Overmere and Aleem Nabiyah fights a little bit different, but overall, right now, he is the welterweight champion who has defended his title more than once. Previous to that, he was the infusion champion. In the future, you might see him rematch Aleem Nabiyah and Jay Overmere with very different results. But this weekend, he is fighting Anwar Ulad Shaib, and he was the winner of House of Glory, so he gets a title shot because of that. I don't know much about Anwar Ulad Shaib. He's got some features in Dutch. His fights are in Dutch. Well, I don't know what to tell you. He seems to be quite a draw in the Netherlands based on the numbers, so hopefully this fight card sells out well. Otherwise, I don't have a ton uh, to really break down for this one. Uh, the Glory did have some news just coming out last night that they're going to be adjusting their strategy in 2024. So in 2023, they were setting up a massive end-of-year heavyweight Grand Prix, and the scheduling just didn't work out with some of the fighters being injured or not participating. So they moved the heavyweight Grand Prix to March of 2024, and I think they looked at the hype around that and decided that they need to do more Grand Prix. So in 2024, they're going to be hosting four Grand Prix tournaments with four of their bigger weight classes. So heavyweight will be in March. And we know some of the competitors like Tariq Osaro, Sofian Laiduni, Bahram Rajabzada, Uku Yuryandal, and Levy Rigters. We don't know if Rico Verhoeven will be in the tournament, but those are the five main competitors in 
March. No dates have yet been announced, but we know that they're going to be doing light heavyweight, middleweight, and welterweight tournaments as well. Most of all, I'm really looking forward to that welterweight tournament because like I was just saying about Andy Semelier, a few more different fights against the same opponents, you might get different results. But welterweight is one of the best, most stacked divisions in glory. I mean, look at who it would feature. You have Andy Semelier, you have Alim Nabiov, Jay Overmere, Jamie Bates, Hamicha, Chico Quasri. Just absolutely awesome stuff. Middleweight is another fun one. Donovan Vise being the champion. You also have some other people in there like Sirkan Ozkaglian, Michael Bolapea, Mohamed Tushasi. It's a pretty fun division. Light heavyweight. Could see a little bit of shifting, a few changes in the light heavyweight division as well. At the top, you have Donegi Abina, the champion, and the interim champ, Tariq Kabab, as, as well as you also have some other fighters like Sergei Maslaboyev, Stefan Latuscu. So it could be a very fun one. Uh, coming up next week on December 31st is Ryzen 45, and it's got a lot of good MMA fights on it, and I do recommend checking it out. It also has some good kickboxing fights on it as well. Yaman will fight Ren Hiramoto. Yaman had a really good 2023, and I was kind of kicking back and forth whether or not he'd qualify as one of the fighters who deserves to have a nomination for Fighter of the Year. I think with his storylines that he had this year, yeah, he probably does deserve to be at least considered because he headlined so many great cards this year and had so many good headlines all around his name. I think if he wins, I will at least mention him for one of the major stories of 2023. So Yaman had a very good career. Also, considering he was coming off a loss in 2022, it's great to see him really have a resurgence here and get the attention he deserves. Also on Ryzen 45 is Anpo is back. The former K1 champion will fight Yuta Kubo. Yuta Kubo as well is a former K1 Max tournament uh, winner. He uh, it was a runner-up one year. He was also a K1 division champion who defended his title. You also have Tatsuki Shinotsuka against Daishi Tomizawa. So Ryzen 45, I like what they're doing, mixing MMA and kickboxing, because there's lots of space to do both. It's very cool. And like I was saying, this is going to be the last broadcast episode that we have for 2023. I'm going to be back in the new year. In the first episode, I will do the awards for the year. I'll give you a little breakdown. So fighter of the year, the main nominations are Toki Tomaru, Shingiz Alazov, Donovan Vise, Lucy, and Jin Mandakoro. Female fighter of the year nominations, I would look at Arena Kobayashi, Tiffany Van Soost, Antonia from Greece, and Koyoki Miyazaki. Let me know what you think, what your thoughts are. Knockout of the year, there's a few really good choices in there, like Lucy's knockout win against Claudio Estrade, Shingi Zalazov defeating Superbon, Tejani Bezstadi versus Petch, Superbon versus Tefun Ajkan, Takeru versus Bailey Sugden, Uku Yuriendal against Badar Hari, uh, Tiffany Van Soost against Sarah Musadak. There's just a ton of really good picks in there. Fight of the year, I think it was going to be the hardest one to write because I really can't pick one. I really enjoyed Toki Tomorrow versus Kazuki Osaki, Akihiro Kaneko versus Masashi Kimura 3, Kumundoi versus Shiro, Koki Osaki versus Mazuhiko Suzuki from uh, just last week, which is on YouTube now, Donovan Vise versus Michael Boapea. Just so many amazing fights that we saw this year. So let me know what your thoughts are. What else you'd like me to discuss for the year-end awards, such as some stories or whatever that we have going on in the next little while here.
But folks, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me. I know this was a pretty quick episode, but we had Rise this week, uh, covering the next couple of shows that we have going on before the end of the year. Uh, and then we're back next year for awards. Uh, but again, hey, enjoy the holiday season with you and your family or friends or whatever you have planned. Uh, shoot any questions that you do have to me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Folks, I appreciate your time. Thanks for chatting it up with me this year, and I will see you folks next year. Oh.